Hey y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. <laughs> There's always just like an awkward pause right then. And then we just stop. There is. It's because we're just like gathering our thoughts. How's it going? Hi, we're sitting next to each other this time. This never happens. It's actually really weird. And I don't know what to do with my hands. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty cooked out. <laughs> yes, we did all the cooking. All the cooking. We've done all the cooking. There's been all the kids. There's been all the things happening. It's been a nice week. Um, Crystal's visiting. She's been here since Monday, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. <laughs> it's been amazing. And we are hiding in my hotel room. Yes, we had to. <laughs> we literally had to go um disappear because there is how many kids five kids there's five kids and several big kids also yeah five <laughs> kids and then one two three there was four other adults besides us five five kids. i don't know there's a lot of them there was a lot they were playing madden it was loud <laughs> we had to get out <laughs> i mean i was totally trying to take a nap on the couch but <laughs> it's cool I was so tired. I'm so tired. It's been a long day. Well, this week's going to be a little different. Um, not because it was both of us here and we were recording together that we'd each do our own case. It's um, going to be, they're not going to be extremely long cases. Obviously, we didn't, we don't want to take up three hours of your time like we did on Halloween, but. Um, also, I feel like people would come looking for us at some point if we <laughs> stayed yeah. gone for three hours. Yeah, we, we disappeared for as long as we possibly can, but my brother-in-law, her husband, has already threatened that if we're gone for too long, he'll continuously call the hotel room. The mans have all the kids, <laughs> and they're nervous. <laughs> Never happened before. <laughs> all so. righty, so yeah, we're each going to tell kind of a shorter case, and I think I'm going to go first, yeah. we said. Buckle up, here we go. And we already figured out that we both didn't do the same case because <laughs> we were both nervous because I was like, um, what if we both, <laughs> I made us nervous because I said, what if we both did the same exact case? So of course, then what she said do? that I just immediately panicked and was like, we both did the same case. <laughs> so the first thing I did was, was it a boy or a girl? And she said the opposite of me. So I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> so mine's a woman, a woman. And okay. I'm going to get started, okay? So today, I'm going to talk about one of the most prolific assassins in history. Oh, assassins. Assassins, like, she took people out, huh? Well, in like, a way. Like a, like, a, like a hitman? Not at all. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> she did it on her own, huh? Just, I'm going to explain it to you. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we made some explaining. <laughs> So, uh, no, I'm just going to sit here and like guess the entire time. <laughs> um, is it? No. No. So, and also I'm going to go way back in time. Way back. Oh. We're going to use a little time machine. <laughs> oh. We're going back to 17th century Italy. Oh, okay. We're going, we're going way, way back. <laughs> we're going way back. Way back. And I'm going to talk about a big time entrepreneur. She was a serious businesswoman, if you will. And she did not, no, she did not invent the post-its. <laughs> which is all I think of when I hear business women. I know <laughs> like Romy and Michelle I the <laughs> um her name was Julia Tofana I had never heard of this one okay yeah and she actually sold makeup to the women of Italy oh wow. or so these women's husbands thought oh god oh god indeed <laughs> oh okay so yeah she was one of those little tricky ass bitches <laughs> 
it's tricky. I'm going to teach you how to kill your husband. So is that basically what she was doing? Well, she wasn't teaching them. She was just helping them. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> We're going there. We're going. So I'll take it. Hold on. Let me get my notepad. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Gotta take some notes. I'm kidding. So also, um, <laughs> FYI, if you hear noises, uh, that's what I was about to say. If you hear any weird noises in the background, we have her giant black lab in the hotel room with us because he's a big baby and has to go everywhere that she's at. He does. And so he's very curious about what all of the setup that we have is. And he also drools a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to need him to get out of my personal bubble. <laughs> it's only yours that he gets in. I know. <laughs> all righty. So back in the 17th century in Italy, women were often married off in arranged marriages. Okay. So they didn't like get to choose their husbands and their loves and all that stuff so because of that most of these marriages were like loveless and a lot of times super abusive for these women well i could see that yes because i mean they... most people don't love the ones that they're <laughs> arranged to go marry that's, that's true it doesn't always work out sorry but you're gonna marry this guy on this date you're welcome so clear up your calendar <laughs> clear it up so um the women that these women they had no way of avoiding this they had um like no kind of power over it they had no kind of like rights no standing in society they didn't have any kind of finances of their own and divorce was practically impossible to get back then for these women so they were just kind of like stuck with it if that's what, oh, what that's, they got that's really yes so they really only had like three options as to how they were going to live out their lives they could either get married in hopes that their husband treated them decently um don't we all <laughs> right and hope that they did not have to endure abuse just for the rest of their lives Jesus. <laughs> sorry <laughs> jacks lay down <laughs> don't be scared there we go good boy um <laughs> sorry let's see option number number two they could remain single and become a sex worker to make ends meet hmm. and then option either Option number three was they could become a respected and well-off widow. I'm thinking number three would be my, so my go-to. For a ton of women, that was their best option. <laughs> and that's where Julia Tofana comes in. Uh, I'll select three for, for 100, please. <laughs> <laughs> so there isn't a ton known about her background. Like this was a long ass time ago. We don't, we don't know. <laughs> there wasn't really good like history books <laughs> that tell us yeah. all that. Um, we do know that her mother, let's see, it's believed that she was born in 1620 in Palermino, Paler, that is not it, Palermo, Palermo, Sicily, Sicily, we're going to go with Sicily. I'm just going to need you to, I can't, <laughs> um, words are hard. Sound it out. So she, <laughs> she was born in 1620 in Sicily. Okay. To Tofania D'Amato. So that was her mother and her mother had her own dark history. Oh. So it said that she was I cannot do words. She was executed. <laughs> so I'm looking at me like this. This is why I don't like doing this in person because I see your judging eyes. <laughs> Sound it out. Use your vowels. Hooked on phonics. It said that she was executed in 1633 for the murder of her husband. Yeah, so imagine that. Um, Julia was 13 at this time. So she learned. So she mom. learned. Yeah. She got it from her mom. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll say she did follow her mother's footsteps in a few ways. Um, she became, began working as an apothecary and was like concoct, concocting perfumes. <laughs> He's very distracting. <laughs> and cosmetics. Um, 
And then eventually Julia herself became a widow and she moved with her, her daughter, Gerolama Sperla to Naples and then they moved to Rome. That's a big mouthful of- Okay, there's a lot of hard words. I'm about done with all the hard words now though. <laughs> you know, executed is really hard. <laughs> so Julia saw a need, a need for these abused women to get out of the marriages and she was set out to make this happen. Okay. Um, it's said that she even saw this in her own mother's marriage and so that's why she felt a connection with these women that were like suffering from all this abuse because she watched her mother suffer for so long. So she concocted a special line of her cosmetics for such women. And she named this line of cosmetics Aqua Tofana. You never heard of that? No. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but I'm not a big, I'm not a girly girl and you know this. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm not a girly girl. So like, if it's not like this high end makeup brand that everyone knows, like if I hear something like, what is it? Sephora? That's too expensive for me. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't go and buy it. I'm just saying like, that's, that's a well-known brand or Maybelline right. or CoverGirl or something. Like, right. Those are well-known brands that I've heard. Now, if you talk about any other makeup. Well, I don't think they, they make this kind anymore. Say, I would not have known. Cause I don't it, cause it kills makeup. people. <laughs> well, that's not good. So it was packaged in a pretty little bottle that would easily blend in with any woman's like vanity. So like with all of her makeup and lotion stuff bottle like fit right in um so like look like like a makeup bottle or like a perfume bottle or yeah something? and the husbands would never be suspicious they were just like oh yeah that's her makeup <laughs> don't be suspicious don't be suspicious yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they should have been so what these bottles actually contained was a colorless tasteless poison that would kill a man with just four to six drops oh. <laughs> so um so they like I know you're going to tell me, but I, am I just want to guess. Okay. Yeah. So they like slip it in their drink. So do they put it on their like lips? No, they did not poison ivy them. Like <laughs> they didn't, they didn't poison ivy them. No. That's all I could think of. <laughs> like they like put those weird lip things those, on. Those like rubber shit. lips. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they weren't that clever. Okay. Got it. No, <laughs> they were just clever enough to make a colorless, tasteless, odorless, um poison that was undetectable after death like no, okay <laughs> so they were pretty clever just not, not just near not as clever as we needed them to be not near as clever as the batman villains <laughs> gotcha unrealistic okay <laughs> so since the poison was undetectable after death it wouldn't raise any kind of suspicions um also because it would take a few days it wouldn't like just kill them instantly so over a few days so they would like you said, they would administer it in some kind of liquid. So either put it in their nightly glass of wine or like bowl of soup or something. It was in the liquid. And then um, let's see, the first dose would induce weakness and then just like straight up exhaustion. So they just get like super tired and exhausted and be really weak. And then, so they keep doing it over like a few days, dosing them. And then the second dose would cause stomach pain, extreme thirst and vomiting. So it's like, so they, like they got the flu. Right. They got some kind of sickness and this would gradually worsen. Um, but also it would give them time by doing it this way over, of course, a few days, it would give them time for the men to get all of their like affairs in order and make sure like their oh, husband got the flu. I'm dying. Well, I'm they're like you everything. Exactly. So usually this would mean the wives are going to get taken care of in the event that they die because they're so sick. They're like, Oh, I just want to make sure or whatever, which 
is nice since they were so abusive. I feel like, I know, I'm just gonna, <laughs> like, I mean, were they really being abused then? Supposedly. Because <laughs> I'm going to say that's some bullshit. <laughs> some bullshit. So, um, and then over a few days, like, usually either the third, fourth, or fifth would finally kill them. Like, they just do it over a few days. And in many cases, the wife would then demand a, like, a post-mortem exam, basically like an autopsy type thing, but for back then. Why do so, make it not look suspicious? Yes, exactly. I, I don't know why he died. I'm going to need you to check it out. Like, Tell me what happened. What happened oh, to my God, husband? I'm so yes, I'm they so would, upset. They would be like the grieving when, wives. When really, they're like, he, 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 he. <laughs> I killed him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> this little bitch ass bitch. <laughs> and then she could just go and enjoy her newfound freedom and inheritance. And she's like, and now I own everything. <laughs> Oh, Jax is not agree with that. <laughs> I promise I won't do that. <laughs> so Julia, it said that she saw herself not as a serial killer, but as a charitable provider. So she was one of those like vigilante people that like, basically, yes. Oh, I'm doing good. So she, she, she really thought she yes. was doing good. So she thought like she knew what she was doing important. It was important. And she wanted to like continue to provide this option for all these women so she was like her own batman because you know batman has no superpowers <laughs> he really does he's got money just money Money yeah. is a superpower. <laughs> he knows like karate or something right he's no, a really good fighter no he just uses this little bat like little boomerang ass freaking he just used his money to buy toys got it yeah um <laughs> pretty much so for a long time but does he have a flamethrower <laughs> that's the real question because apparently folks Having that on Thanksgiving <laughs> will save you so much time. That is a necessity when you're injecting your turkey, we've learned. <laughs> you can totally cauterize. Is it cauterize? 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 Yeah. Okay, cauterize. I didn't think I was saying it right. You can totally cauterize that little injection point so it doesn't squirt back out at you as long as you have a flamethrower. That's all you need. For this, this I mean, nice flamethrower for $11.99. And honestly, who doesn't have a flamethrower in their kitchen? I mean, I, mean, I have three, so... Anyways, okay. <laughs> Why did we get to the flamethrowers? I don't know. Okay. So for a long time, she worked alone and she built up a clientele that she knew could be trusted. Like she just sold to like people that she knew wouldn't like rat her out basically at first. Okay. And then eventually it grew, her little empire grew and she like hired some more people and her. So like, so like Mary Sue down the, the street was like, Oh, hey, Peggy, I know you're getting really sick and tired of your husband coming home saying he, you better have his drink ready. So um, I know this gal that knows this gal. Basically. That can kill you. <laughs> that can, that can or kill can him. kill him. Sorry. Not yeah. She's going to take care of that for you. Basically, yes. And so wow. she got a lot of her. Um, Word of mouth worked. Exactly. Even back then. <laughs> and even then she would still only sell to people that she people could, she trusted were like, oh, no, they're cool like she wouldn't because she didn't want to get caught and then not be able to do it anymore um let's see her business grew she began working with her daughter in the business so she was teaching her daughter the ways that her mother had taught her <laughs> and um she had a handful of very trusted associates and she even recruited the roman catholic priest jesus <laughs> father girolamo Ger I'm going to need him to go to church. <laughs> it said that his brother was an apothecary. And because of that, he was able to provide Julia with like arsenic in bulk amounts. What? <laughs> so, Does the Pope know about this? <laughs> so 
the recipe for this poison was never like officially reported so we don't know what it was um it's said to be made of mainly a mixture of arsenic lead and belladonna and uh, it just says like along with other chemicals that we don't know like what so that's cool um <laughs> and it's also said that that's the same recipe that her mother used when she poisoned her father oh my god <laughs> before she was executed for that <laughs> so um Unfortunately, her underground business eventually grew too much and it was brought down by a wife who planned on using the aqua tofana on her husband and then she got cold feet. So the story goes, the woman wanted to escape from her abusive husband. So she purchased the aqua tofana and put it in her husband's soup. But when he was about to eat it, her conscience was like, dude, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> and she was like, shit, fine. And she like stopped him from eating it. She was like, wait, don't, don't eat that. Never mind." And he got like super suspicious. Well, yeah. And he was like, <laughs> don't eat that. I poisoned that one. He's like, what the hell? When I'm hungry. And she's like, that's okay. That's, it's nothing to be concerned about. Just like, don't eat that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing to be concerned about. Um, I'm just going to need that ball. Oh, whoops. Uh, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> I spilled it. <laughs> I spilled it. Let me clean that up. <laughs> right. Oh no, there goes the rest of the pot. <laughs> she like didn't want to rat Tafana out and get and also she didn't want to get in trouble for trying to poison her husband yeah. <laughs> but so he was like super suspicious he was like I'm just gonna beat you for a bit and see what you have to say about oh, that Jesus. yes so he like beat it out of her and that's when she caved and told him all about the aqua Tafana. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm sorry I tried to kill you <laughs> yes and she told him like everything about the poison so then where he, she got so it then he beat her to death <laughs> well no then he dragged her to authorities and made her tell them what she had just told him <laughs> so the jig is up <laughs> but um juliana isn't arrested immediately because somebody warned her that the jig was up <laughs> and she was like shit and went to the nearby church and was given sanctuary there so she was like hanging out there and let's see. And unfortunately, the sanctuary did not last long because rumors started going around Rome that Tofana had poisoned the city's entire water supply. Oh my! God. <laughs> it was just rumors. Like she didn't. Yeah, there was I, like. I know, but I'm just like, <laughs> man, that's excessive. They're like she's poisoned all of the water in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is gonna die. <laughs> So a very thirsty, angry mob then stormed. <laughs> so they stormed the church and she was captured. And then authorities tortured her until she finally confessed to killing over 600 men. Oh, dang, girl. That's why I said assassin. because <laughs> Dang, girl. 600 men between 1633 and 1651. Wow. That's a lot of mans. That's a lot of mans. <laughs> so, how do you keep count? Does she like... And also, how do you know if that's it? Like, these people could have been poisoning people that weren't. <laughs> yeah, you don't know unless they, like, came up. I, if I'm going to sell you this, I'm going to need you to tell me the body count. Because I keep a notebook. <laughs> I, I have a diary. <laughs> I have a diary. And it, it's to keep count. I need the names. <laughs> Got to make sure that the, the merchandise is doing what it's supposed to. And so I'm trying to keep a head count. Um. <laughs> so if you would... Wow. So it's said that she, her daughter, and three of her employees were all executed, and that her corpse was then thrown over the wall of the church where she took sanctuary. Oh, God. Rude, right? Come on now. You already killed her. Like, 
do you really have i hope she haunted them okay, okay. <laughs> i hope she haunted them because if somebody threw my body somewhere i'd be like oh no you don't i'm haunting the shit out of you, you little bitch ass bitch <laughs> bitch ass bitch sorry <laughs> so father girolamo was the he was one of the only survivors of the underground business because he was a priest so he was like exempt from this prosecution he was just getting all the bulk arsenic and it was cool <laughs> Um, and also some of her clients and accomplices were just like outright executed and others were bricked into dungeons in this place called the holy office oh that's not a they just bricked them into the dungeons that's horrible that is so horrible so some say that it's possible that she could have been completely innocent and just been like a cosmetic saleswoman (laughs) god um and that she confessed to these crimes just because she was being tortured because well, we don't really yeah, know I mean, it's possible um there's a few reasons that's possible one of them was that this was during a time when witch hunt mania was sweeping europe so they just were killing any woman that yes and she had rumored to do anything exactly and mm-hmm. she had a new woman that was working which is a lot, a lot of them weren't doing and she was dabbling with different plants and like chemicals oh, and no. stuff to make the cosmetics right um so they might have just been like so then I really helped her. Okay. She they might have just been like, okay, she's clearly a witch. <laughs> and um, we should just like torture her until she confesses. <laughs> well, if she wasn't, she is now. She oh. won't come back and help you. Okay. I'm going to be casting all them spells upon you. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really hard to know the real truth if she actually did kill all those people or if she just confessed because she was being tortured. Um, but her legacy did live long after her death. So I'm going to just end this little with a well, fun fact for you. Oh, okay. So in, I wrote the wrong, in 1791. <laughs> I was like, that is not accurate. It's not 1971. Oh, that's, okay. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Um, in, in a couple thousand years. I, anyways, Wolfgang Mozart, composer. Okay. It's belie- He believed that he had been poisoned by Tofana's concoction that she made. So this was after she had died or whatever. But he remembered this poison and he fell ill at the age of 35 and his health started just really quickly deteriorating. And he said, quote, I will not last much longer. I am sure that I've been poisoned. I cannot rid myself of the idea. Someone has given me aquatofana and calculated the precise time of my death. So he started to believe that he was given this and that's why he died. Oh, dang. Right? Um, many historians believe that he was mistaken and that he either died of rheumatic fever syphilis or from eating uncooked pork i mean that'll do it (laughs) (laughs) that will do it but it is still not known the exact reason for his death and that poison was undetectable after death so it's not known so yeah that is the tale of julia tofana well interesting killing all them people interesting interesting This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
It's okay. your turn. It's your turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. Now I get to just sit back and drink my wine. You do. So <laughs> mine um, is actually going to be over a male. It's a man's. It's a man's. It's a man's. Um, and I tried to calm it down this week and not do a super gory, gruesome, just ridiculous. I mean, everybody's still full from all of their Thanksgiving foods. And <laughs> we don't need our, our tummies turning. Exactly. So this one's actually um, pretty tame, but... Um, if you've not heard of the case of, uh, Bernard Teed. Okay. Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. He went by Bernie, by the way. So Bernard C. Oh, Bernie. I know. I'm just kidding. Bernie. <laughs> there was actually a movie based off of this particular case, um, called Bernie. I was going to say Weekend at Bernie's. No, it was called Bernie and Jack Black played in it. Oh, okay. I don't know if it may be. Yeah, you should totally check it out. It's, it's not bad. Check it out. So Bernard Sr. was a music professor and a choral director who had worked in different universities across Texas. And in 1957, at the age of 45, he met and married Layla May Jester, who was only 25 at the time. Oh, yeah. Big, big age. That's the big yeah. age. Yeah. Um, and then a year later on, on August 2nd. Hey! <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That's my B-Day. <laughs> on August 2nd, 1958, Bernie was born. <laughs> that is not my B-Day. <laughs> like, I'm not that um, Bernie was born. So sadly, though, within the year that he was born, his mother died in a car accident while his father was driving. Oh, that's sad. But he didn't live like a super abusive life or anything he lived a okay. great life so bernard senior never forgave himself and turned to drinking Aww. and then in 1963 he met clara Catherine wiley who was also 25 and he was 50 at the time so 25 year age grad okay and remarried so they too had a child and ended up moving to abilene texas okay and then in 1973 bernie's father died which left him in the hands of his stepmother. Well, was it a wicked stepmother? No, she okay, was a good. great stepmother. She wasn't abusive. She okay. treated him great, but they were poor. Okay. So to help support his family, he ended up finding an odd job at a local funeral home. Okay. So he would do yard work. And then later on, he started to help set up for services and help lay the bodies to rest. And then he decided that um, working at this funeral funeral home gave him like so much joy mm-hmm. that that's he, kind of crazy. Well, he thought of it this as like his calling to help people. Okay. So um, he liked working there and enjoyed being able to comfort people in their time of need. Okay. Well, that's not creepy. No, he was he was very sweet. He was a sweet man. Okay. So um, after high school. He left Texas to attend McNeese State University in Lake Charles, LA. And funny thing was he got a job working at a funeral home there too, because he just loved it so much. Okay. So he just started like, when he was moving, he was going like to these town funeral homes and getting (laughs) jobs. He's like house hunting and they're like, oh, it's got this many bedrooms. And he's like, oh, I don't care. Is it near a funeral home? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> and they're like, um, sure. So, um, 
it's funny though, because after college in 1985, he moved back to Texas and Carthage, which it was a small town. Population was around 6,500 people. Okay. And um, it was right on the LA border. That's why it was near where like he had lived. Mm-hmm. And it was what many called a wealthy town. In fact, in 1995, it was voted as one of the best small towns in America. So it was a really nice town, but it was a wealthy town, which he was not a wealthy person. Okay. Not this time. So Bernie was, um, to the town folk, (laughs) Bernie was described to have a very warm personality and it seemed impossible for people to not like him. Okay. He helped around town. He was, he was extremely involved in the Methodist church. He was also a soloist in the choir at the church. Where is this going to go wrong? I'm very confused. Just keep listening. (laughs) listening. Do you know what this podcast is? (laughs) He would teach Sunday school. And sometimes when the preacher was out, he would even give the sermon. Okay. Is that loud? Like, are you allowed to do that? If you're not a preacher? I mean, I guess if the preachers say it's fine, right? I feel like that's still not allowed. But okay. (laughs) I don't know. Um. He stated that his father definitely passed down his musical talents to him because he just loved to perform. He performed in the community theater. He loved helping on the set. He loved being in the choir. Like he just all in all loved being a very bubbly young man. (laughs) I just love being a bubbly young man. That's what he said. (laughs) It's a quote. So it was 1990 (laughs) when he worked at the funeral home there. Okay, so he was born in 50-something? Is that what you said? I think so. I and think it was the 50, 90s now? It was 58. Okay. Yes. I had to go back and look. Sorry, guys. Um, I, don't, I didn't have it memorized. Why, uh, why not? So it was, it was 1990 when he was working at this funeral home in Carthage. Okay. So he's 32. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the year that he met Marjorie Nugent. Ted's cousin. Sure. <laughs> Rod Nugent, <laughs> who was Marjorie's husband, had passed away. And then he met her at the funeral home? Yep. She was consoling her. He was consoling her. her. She was born close to, the car- close to Carthage in 1950. So this made her 75 at the time. Okay, and he was 32. Mm-hmm. So she seemed to be more of the opposite of Bernie though. Like she didn't participate in any civic activities or make contributions to local causes, which I'm sorry, but you're 75 years old and maybe she already did. Maybe she did when she was younger and she got sick and tired of that shit. Okay. It's her money. She can spend it how she wants. And also just because she's 75 year old widow now doesn't mean that she's like a horrible woman because she doesn't contribute to everything. Right? She has no income. Why are you judging her so harshly? Gosh. So... (laughs) She hated spinning her money around town. Me too, girl. (laughs) And then supposedly she had um, a reputation to be a bit rude. Just a bit. Which, when you're 75 years old. I can't wait till I'm an older lady. I'm going to be rude. (laughs) (laughs) It was more at the fact that she didn't make it a point in that town to go out of her way to be friendly and help out the town people that they, like, thrived on. So they just 
called her rude instead. I mean, she's tired. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that her husband just died. <laughs> I'm sorry Marjorie didn't say, oh no, you please first. <laughs> and you wait at the stoplight for five minutes because neither one of you can make a decision to go first. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and then you both start going at the same time every time. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So um, Bernie liked to go visit the family of those who passed away in the days following the services to make sure that they were coping and offer any help. Nice. Well, he did the same thing with Marjorie, and that's where their friendship actually began. Okay. Kind of weird, right? <laughs> a little bit. So he started off with occasional dinner dates, and at, the t- at that time, um, or as time went on, they spent a ton more time together. So, like, he seemed to be at her home basically full-time caring for her. He was her home health nurse. Except he wasn't, though. He worked at the funeral home, you know? So Marjorie wanted so much of his time that she actually asked him to leave his job and just work for her as her business manager. Wait, as her business manager? Yeah. Is she going on tour? What's happening? Funny thing is Marjorie is a very wealthy old lady. Okay. So he's, like, caring for her, consoling her, having like this great friendship with her Mm -hmm. and all in all she's like oh you can quit your job I'll just pay you to be my business manager which can get a little sketchy you know when you're friends with somebody or hanging out with somebody and they want to pay you for anything yeah anyways it's got awkward so the townspeople actually tried to warn Bernie about what he was getting himself into and said (laughs) they're like Bernie she don't like to pay for shit (laughs) (laughs) she's stingy (laughs) she's stingy and she's not gonna pay you right (laughs) no they were just saying that she already seemed to be pretty possessive over him and they were like oh no Bernie like you're gonna you're gonna leave your job and you're gonna go work for her and she's gonna be a bossy ass bitch (laughs) okay and you're gonna hate it and he's like they're like how would it be like if you went on her payroll now, you know? Mm -hmm. So Bernie, however, loves spending time with her. So he took the position and the two did everything together. So they were found to have started taking weekend trip, weekend trips. Say words are hard. Mm -hmm. Words. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They started taking weekend trips to see Broadway shows and Broadway shows and traveling the world so they visited Germany England Scotland Wales they even went to Egypt to see the pyramids so like she's just blowing all her money on all this stuff and um people said that well people started saying that uh she could have had like a love interest for him but it was actually determined by him that he was gay and she was aware. So he was not interested in her that way. Okay. So Bernie basically was her best friend and manservant. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so he took care of her every need. And in return, he was getting cash, clothes, cars, planes, and flying lessons. Dang. <laughs> you want to drive a plane? Okay. Deal. Fly jive so bernie not only profited but also took his money to give back to carthage okay so here the townspeople like that well they were finally getting her money (laughs) yes so i was gonna say so like she she was this super wealthy woman so she's paying him very well so he started providing scholarships to like local charities 
Even before meeting Marjorie, he had been a super generous person and gave like little gifts around town when he could. Mm -hmm. But now that he has even more funds, he did it even more. So he bought, he bought at least 10 cars for people around town telling them to pay him back when they could. Well, that's very nice. I I don't really see where we're getting with this. I know, I know. So he (laughs) bought a home for a struggling young couple and pledged $100,000 to the first United Methodist Church when they were updating their new building too. So like, he's like the super sweet man, right? Super sweet, charitable man. A pillar of the community. A pillar of the community. And in 1993, Marjorie had also changed her will leaving everything in her estate to Bernie and taking it from her son and grandchildren saying that they didn't appreciate her like Bernie did. Okay. Well, he's just going to give it to them. Yeah. (laughs) So like Bernie waited on her hand and foot, but things started to change in 1995. Okay. So that's the same year that the town got, um, stated like one of the best towns in America or whatever. Oh, okay. Okay, so Bernie went to his sister and confided in her, stating he believed Marjorie, 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 we're French. (laughs) He believed Marjorie was getting mild dementia. Okay. So she had fired the gardeners because the flowers didn't bloom at the right time for her. I mean, why can't they have one job, make the flowers bloom? (laughs) And then she gave Bernie a gun and told him that he needed to sit on her porch and shoot oh. armadillos that were rooting up the yard while she watched him except there were no armadillos it was unfinished like work in the yard that because she, she just fired the gardeners, fired the gardeners. <laughs> so he's just like shooting at the ground do armadillos root up the ground do they do that those are moles those right are moles. <laughs> all right yeah she that's so he was like Yo, sis, <laughs> this bitch is crazy. <laughs> like, sis, calm it down. So his sister actually asked him, well, why don't you just quit then? Oh, he actually talked to his sister. Yeah, like, <laughs> he confided in her and was telling her about the stuff that she's doing. I thought he was just talking to somebody and be like, no, sis, bitch now, crazy. <laughs> now his sister's like, bro, <laughs> why don't you just quit? And he's like, because I'm her only friend and I have to stay because I'm the only one she has. Well, she had her son and grandkid. She did. <laughs> if she didn't just take him out the will. <laughs> okay. So Thanksgiving 1996, so a year later, mm-hmm. Bernie went to see his sister and explained that Marjorie wasn't with him because she was in Ohio visiting her sister. Well, this happened again at Christmas. All of a sudden, she's just visiting family that she never, that she never visited before. Suspicious. Suspicious. So in early spring, Marjorie wasn't accepting visitors because she was ill and in bed. And in the late spring, she was taken to a nursing home to recover from a stroke. This is like, all word of mouth from Bernie. I was like, she really was taken to a nursing home? Like, this is all word of mouth from Bernie. So she's been basically MIA since Thanksgiving. So everything seemed normal and Bernie continued to give to the community like everything was fine. Well, July of 1997, okay, a woman called the Carthage Sheriff's Department saying she was worried because she hadn't seen Marjorie in a while. Yeah, and she's about like, a year. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Two. Well, a month later, another report was stated, hey, I haven't seen Marjorie. What's going on? So the Sheriff's Department spoke with Bernie, who then explained Oh, she's staying in a hospital in Temple, which is another town. Okay. But she's under a false name because she didn't wish to be bothered. 
Well, that's a sketchy story. <laughs> she checked in under Regina Falange. <laughs> Hi, this is Regina Falange. I actually took her myself. I checked, I, I, I signed Ken Adams. <laughs> the deputies reached out to that hospital, but there was no one that even matched her description. Okay. So they were like, hmm, this is kind of weird. They're like, suspicious. <laughs> this is now the second person that's come to me and is like, okay, I haven't seen her in a while. What's going on? Right. Well, everyone just loved Bernie and they were like, they never thought of anything. Right? I never just hated Marjorie. <laughs> like, this bitch. So the deputies ended up calling her son, who hadn't been speaking to her for a while because she took she him out took of the wheel. Yeah. Will. Which, but it was rude how she had taken him out. Like, I mean, she was like, oh, they're not here for me the way you are. So I'm just going to take him out. Right. Well, so he went to Marjorie's house with his eldest daughter to look around and make sure everything was eldest. Like, eldest. <laughs> eldest I, I needed to sound professional. Fancy. <laughs> um, so he went there and was like, uh, let's just look around. Let's see if mom's here. You know, your grandma yeah. or whatever. And so they were walking around looking nothing seemed out of the ordinary Bernie wasn't there okay um well his daughter had noticed that there was a deep freezer in the garage but it was taped shut oh god <laughs> and that seemed like super odd right yeah I just love it I mean if you walk into anybody's house and you see a deep freeze you never think that it needed to be taped shut I would never even think like oh what's in that deep freezer unless it was taped shut <laughs> exactly that seems suspicious <laughs> don't be suspicious don't be suspicious um so they decided to open up the freezer and lo and behold under some frozen food was marjorie wrapped in a white sheet hey put her under some food put her under some food he tried to hide the body <laughs> well the deputies didn't want to disturb the evidence <laughs> so they lifted the entire freezer hooked it up to a gas-powered generator and put the whole thing in a pickup truck and drove it to Dallas for an autopsy. So it's not going to thaw out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were. They didn't want right. to mess with it. So now they they were like, okay, well, we better go find Bernie and see what's going on. Well, they found him with the local little league team preparing to take them and their families to dinner. Oh, of course, of course, that's what he was doing. Because <laughs> he's just such a great man. <laughs> so he arrested him in front of the little leaguers. He seemed very surprised that the sheriff's department had questions for him and tried to keep his composure. Well, when they took him in and questioned him, mm -hmm. he ended up breaking down. So he admitted to shooting Marjorie on November 19th, 1995. Um, <laughs> so like right before Thanksgiving yeah so he shot her with the gun the armadillo, gun. Him the armadillo gun to shoot armadillo <laughs> they asked Bernie why and he stated that he she, said because there were no armadillos <laughs> <laughs> well he had said she just became hateful and possessive and he just couldn't take it anymore yeah okay Marjorie was shot in the back four times the first bullet Bernie, um, why didn't you just quit just, just go back to the funeral home I know. That's what his sister told him to do. Well, Marjorie was shot in the back four times. The first bullet that hit her paralyzed her where it was. She fell to the concrete. He then would have had to walk toward her on the ground and continue to shoot her. Oh. He then wrapped her in a white sheet. Because it was a small town, he didn't want to take her body out anywhere as he was afraid he was going to get caught. Right. So instead, he shoved her body in her own deep freeze to store while he figured out how to dispose of the body. She stayed there for a year before he was caught. 
That's crazy. So you would think that's crazy that he didn't break down before because he was a good guy. Like he had, he went a, like clearly it didn't eat at him because he went. Right, that's what I'm saying. He was he was supposedly such a good guy, mm-hmm. but that's crazy that. Yeah, girl. Apparently, they're, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're such a good guy, just they always got. Does something. Jack Black play Bernie? I think so. I've. It's been a really long time since I've seen this movie. Sorry, I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> She's choking. I am. <laughs> um, yes, he plays Bernie in the movie. Um, it's been a really long time since I've seen it, so I can't even remember who plays Marjorie. I'm just actually saying. Look it up in, in a I, little bit and show you. I don't think I've ever seen him in anything that's not a comedy, and this does not sound funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think that the town would have been shocked or disgusted. Um, <laughs> they were not. <laughs> that this man shot an 81-year-old widow. Mm-hmm. But instead, the town supported Bernie. She had it coming. So, the, yes. <laughs> the church actually prayed for him publicly every Sunday. Oh, wow. Local women even tried raising money for his 1.5 million dollar bond well then the da filed additional charges of theft for having taking marjorie's money to raise his bond to now 2.7 million because he was taking her money when she was dead for a year yeah but technically i mean it was given to him but it wasn't because she wasn't and he wasn't just like keeping it he was giving it to the community yes um she was a wealthy widow as in she was getting money from her dead husband right who was now he was getting money from her so the sheriff riled up the town even more when the allegations were thrown around that bernie had videotapes in his possession showing misconduct of local officials so like he wasn't a good man they were trying to make it out like hey guys he's not a good guy but some of his friends actually hired a criminal defense attorney <laughs> oh. And in later conversation with his sister, he had said that there was no particular problem on that day. This is what he had stated. Thinking about having to live with her for the rest of her life, I just couldn't take it. I realized I couldn't stand it another day. Oh, gosh. So he shot her. You should have just left, Bernie. Just leave. He even told his sister that the real reason that he didn't get rid of the body was that he wanted to give her the proper burial that everyone deserves a proper burial, which, I mean, he lived in, or he worked in beautiful homes. So I could see him saying that. The townspeople's support was so great that the DA requested a change of venue, and the trial took place in the early 1999 in San Augustine. In the early 1999? In the early 1999. In early, sorry. He said during the trial that he had never planned to shoot her, and when he did, it was like he had watched himself pick up a gun and fire and out of body experience the jury yes the jury took 90 minutes to convict him and he was sentenced to life in prison and as says the da he doesn't he don't forgive back shooters in texas yes they they say it like that because they text him he said what you don't forgive back shooters in texas especially someone who, who back shoots a woman we, we the da we don't got it oh i <laughs> don't forget like, who is he <laughs> i am sorry <laughs> she she peeping over at my nose i saw her nose it says we don't we forgive. don't forgive bag shooters in texas especially someone who back shoots a woman well i mean i get that you shouldn't do that yeah. but i mean she had it coming <laughs> she had it coming she had it coming. oh she got it so good <laughs> So yeah, she only so is he had still, herself to blame. I started it. Is he still <laughs> in prison now then? 
Yeah, I mean, life in prison. Yeah. That means that yeah. Means oh, I didn't know if he died. <laughs> oh, then, or if he was still. Honestly, <laughs> like I just quit looking <laughs> <laughs> after I found out that he got. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, that's kind of really sad for Ernie. Like, it's. I mean, it's sad for her. No, he just has deserves to get killed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. What do you? Are you yeah. It? I was gonna show you. See. Oh. Bernie. Okay. Got Matthew McConaughey in it too. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Did you click on it? I thought so. I was trying to see who the one was. I'm sorry, I'm showing her. I'm showing her the cover. I guess we could do this when we're done. Oh, it's the um. I know. I couldn't picture her face. It's it's the. (laughs) She's she is a not well liked woman in. Uh, movies or whatever surely i can't read her this is the worst <laughs> i don't know her name i just know her as the evil stepmother in um stepmother <laughs> like there's a stepmother movie there's also another oh, movie what? with uh oh what's her name i'll bring up another cool one. Story. sorry <laughs> sidetracked sidetracked like usual anyways Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean. Oh, Shirley McLean. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Anywho. It's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a while. It came out in 2011. If you want to watch it, it's literally called Bernie. That was a good story. It was. It was a good one. Um, I actually had to decipher through three different cases because I was like, oh, this is a good one, but so is this. But I kind of went towards the one that I didn't think that you would know. So I'm yeah. glad. Oh, well, I was hoping you didn't know mine because I didn't. It, it's more fun when you don't know it. I know, I know. It's finally like now. <laughs> Her dog Jax is finally all tuckered out and sleeping behind us. Like this whole time we've been recording, he's been like <laughs> in our faces. <laughs> we'll have we'll, we'll have to show a picture on the gram of what he looked like. He <laughs> was literally just like in our faces, staring at us. <laughs> And, and drooling and drooling all over me but now he's just like laying down looking like a sweet baby angel yeah <laughs> <laughs> giant massive baby it's huge it's huge all righty so yeah follow us follow some of the things i guess we're gonna have to go back to where all the noises it's cozy in here we can I'm, act like it take long, took longer <laughs> i'm actually kind of shocked we haven't had a hotel phone ring yet i know because um it has been technically two hours since we left it has been Oh well. Okay. Well, Follow us on all the stuff. Subscribe, share, rate, review, like. Yeah. Send us a Gmail. Do it all, man. Do it all. And then um until next time. When we don't record next week. I know. I'm gonna be so sad. <sighs> bye. <laughs> okay, ready? Okay, bye. Bye. bye.